Awesome. So here we have the man, the myth, the legend, the comedian, the awesome, uh, the professional comedian. Uh, really excited to uh, introduce the man that introduced Bearcast Media, gave the name. Rajiv, welcome. Thank you, Miles. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that intro. I got to bring it with you, uh, you with me on the road when we can get back on the road again. So yeah. Absolutely. I'll be your right man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Awesome. So do you mind just sharing a little bit uh, about your background and then can you go into why Bearcast Media? Sure, absolutely. So born and raised in Cincinnati. I'm a Cincinnati kid all the way through. Born in Hamilton, went to Fairfield, worked at Procter & Gamble, worked at wright Powell Air Force Base, Ethicon in, you know, in Blue Ash, and I lived all over the city. And then I went to University of Cincinnati, of course, Clifton, and had a great, great experience there. And, you know, working at PNG, I did that and I left to come out here to Los Angeles. I've been in Los Angeles for 15 years now. It's almost uh, the amount of time, the half the amount of time that I was in Cincinnati. I'm a lot older than you might think. So that's the deal there. I actually just turned 45 this past week. So happy birthday. <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate that. So no, it was, it was a great day. And, and it was last year, actually, uh, for the pandemic that I just got my birthday in before everything went down to uh, down the drain. So I was a lucky man to get that one in. So pretty cool. So I uh, came up with Bearcast because they, I think they sent it out in the news record or something where they're like, hey, we're looking for uh, a name for our radio station. And I was sitting in class, probably not paying attention. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that just makes sense. Just change the two letters from Bearcast to Bearcast. And I uh, emailed, uh, is it Dr. John o Owens? Yeah. And he goes, oh, that's great. He goes, and then he invited me and I got to meet everybody on the staff. And he goes, yours was the best submission. And by the way, it was the only one. So we went with it. <laughs> I mean, that's perfect. And honestly, that that's, that's awesome that like, it just kind of popped out of nowhere. But to go on like another like flip side of that, like, I would just love to learn about your journey to comedy. Like you started off nowhere near entertainment. And now you're like one of the funniest comedians that we know of. And I mean, like started from engineering. So do you mind sharing that story? Sure. Yeah. You know, I got to give uh, take my hat off to University of Cincinnati Engineering because, you know, it's it's not that it's a joke. I don't mean it like that. But what I mean by by that is I was majoring in materials engineering. We had a professor, Dr. Monty Poole, rest in peace, great guy. And he was a thermodynamics professor. So, you know, about as dry as it gets. But Miles, I tell you, this man would stand at the top right of the board and start writing his notes. And he had used nothing. He was just all from memory. And he would write out all the equations. And by the end of it, he would get down to the bottom right, sorry, top left to bottom right. I was thinking Arabic. And then by top left to bottom right, going all the way. And he would, he would actually start like erasing things with his hand. He was so into thermodynamics. He was such a hardcore metallurgy guy and into all the material stuff. I was interning and co-oping first uh, co-op program in the United States, University of Cincinnati, of course. So pretty cool. Very proud of that. And I was at Wright Pad Air Force Base and Johnson and Johnson doing hardcore kind of stuff, research. And then I always had a passion for politics. And I saw this thing on campus called the, it was, it was the Goldwater Scholarship. And I'm not a very Goldwater guy. I didn't really know much about him at all, but I was like, okay, it's, it gets me out to Washington DC. And I interned for Steve Shabbat. I'm not a Republican either. So it was kind of an interesting thing. But at the time, you know, I, I had to go get Dr. Poole's approval. And it really freaked me out. I was shaking. I, I was supposed to go one day. I was like, I can't go in there yet because how am I going to tell him I'm going to leave engineering and go, use a co-op term to go intern on Capitol Hill? And his reaction, Miles, is like, hey, you know what? 
I think that'd be great. You're a leader in this class. You're going to bring back all sorts of skills. I think we can use some more of that like open-minded stuff in this department. And God bless the man. He gave me the permission to go. I went out there and, uh, you know, it just showed me how open-minded uh, some of the professors at University of Cincinnati really are. I got to say University of Cincinnati because I'm in California. Every time I say UC, they think, oh, UC Davis, UCLA. Where's this guy going with UC? So at UC, which was great. But I actually started doing stand-up comedy while I was in college. I opened for Dave Chappelle on campus. And that's how that it got started. Holy moly. Okay, that's that's just sweet. Now, I, we, if there's any type of video, we would love to promote that. That'd be awesome. Um, you, know, you love how I spent like 10 minutes on Dr. Body Pool that like three seconds. Oh, by the way, open for Dave Chappelle. Exactly. <laughs> and um, well, on that same, you know, on that same vein about like, you know, interning, like you said, Capitol Hill. And like, when did you like kind of decide that, you know, you want to use your, you know, you want to use your platform as a comedian to also promote social change and uh, like, you know, uh, advance like social justice issues. It's a big thing for me. It is a big thing. And I believe that I try to bring as much of a moderating voice as possible because, you know, I've just got off the phone with, with somebody, a Zoom call where we were talking about, you know, I don't even like to say his name and he's gone now. So number 45, right? And now I'm 45 years old. I'm like, that's all I want for my 45th is for 45 to be gone. This would be great. I'll be, I'll be dope with that. But I think he made the right and the left worse. What I mean by that is he made the Republican Party so extreme that I think the Democrats sometimes go a little too far left. I'm a moderate guy. I'm a progressive guy. I believe in equal rights. I believe in all of that stuff, which I think is insane that we even have to state. That's a crazy thing that you feel like you have to say. But yeah. I think I, I what I try to do is like, let's move this thing forward. My brother is gay. He's married. He's been living in Brooklyn a long time. And I saw his struggle. I saw what he had to go through. I saw how easy I had it just with straight privilege, so to speak. Right. And I was embraced by the white community. I don't have this anti-white kind of thing inside me, but I also have a lot of great experiences with people of color. And so for me, I'm putting something out in the next couple of weeks and it's all about the mispronunciation. It's called the mispronunciation of Kamala Harris. And, you know, I have, you know, a, a South Asian woman, I have a black woman and we're getting their perspectives and I ask really, really tough questions. And, you know, on stage, you know, I think it's important to talk about this stuff to get it out there. I also think it's important to joke about it. And when I performed at a couple of very liberal colleges up in the Northeast, people are like, oh my gosh, it's going to be hard for you, man. College campuses, the kids are so sensitive. How are you going to talk about all the racial stuff you do and whatever? And I'm up there busting on everybody, Miles, for like an hour. And, you know, there's a woman up front. She's probably 18 or 19 years old. She's got the, uh, head covering on. She's Muslim. And I'm busting on her too. And people are like, how did you do it? I go, because if I'm cracking on everybody, I got to crack. Otherwise you're leaving someone out, right? That's not fair. You, if you're going to go after everybody, just, you got to be sensitive to like, okay, not everybody can take a punch the same way. Like a white man is very different from a black woman, a trans person, et cetera, all these things. But I think that we have to have a sense of humor about it. And that's what's being lost and people are being canceled and this and that. I'm like, if you would just talk to people, you're going to build an ally. You're going to build an ally. If you start canceling people, there's not going to be anyone left. That's so true. And I kind of went on like, uh, so like following that, like, I was wondering what was like going on in your head or not, or like, what was your thought process during the, uh, like not your, it wasn't comedy sketch, but like basically your video of I am Indian. Like, do you mind sharing like that your creative process during that? Cause like, obviously that was one of like one of your more famous like YouTube videos. And I was just curious, like I've re listened to it. And it was, it was awesome because you, you were serious, but you also like, you were carefree about it. You also told some jokes. And so I was just kind of curious. 
I appreciate that. No, it's funny. My uh, actually, the the video we're making about Kamala Harris is the same director. It's the same team. And you know, we realize we make these kind of like epic videos. We made "I am Indian," "I am American," "I am Ohioan." But the one that really resonated was "I am Indian." And you know, I'm I'm American by nationality, but I'm Indian by ethnicity. And I just I felt like that. I don't even call it my video. I call it our video, our community, because. You know, sometimes, like Jay-Z said, I feel like my hand was forced. I feel like, you know, it was just something that I was called to do. And it came from the soul. I tried to write it from my head, my heart, and my spirit. And it just poured out. It was a lot of work. Sometimes people are like, can you make another one of those? I go, dude, it's hard to make them. It's yeah. just like, it's sometimes you have a debut album, but that's it. Like, that's, you know, like I just mentioned Lauren Hill. I love Lauren Hill, but she has one great album. And a lot of people don't have any great albums. So it, 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 came, it came from that place. It, it seemed to really resonate with people. And I think identity is important. I think inclusion is important. I think all this idea of, you know, I was speaking to a man who's a white, white guy. And he's like, but I love watch. I love seeing your posts. I love, he's like, I wish I were part of a community. I don't have that. And he goes like, I'm just like this straight cisgendered white man. And he's like, you have this great community where you can connect. I see that stuff on, on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And he's like, that's great that you're able to do that. And I think we take that for, for granted. We say there's white privilege, which there is for sure, but there is person of color privilege. There's this idea of being able to trace my ancestors back to Punjab and go, oh, I know where my grandma was and I know where my grandpa was. I, I think that's not everybody can do that. And the people who can, I think it's uh, it, it's it's privilege. Absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, curious because I wanted to follow up on like how you discussed about your professor and like how you kind of like said, hey, if you were interested in, you know, like government and such like that and you got an internship there, go for it. I was wondering if there's anything else that kind of prepared you for the, the life of being a comedian, like in anything in engineering at all or in corporate? You know, yes, I think in engineering and somebody had asked me, do you know any other comedians or engineers? I just assumed there are a lot. There aren't many, there are not many of us out there. And I hadn't really thought, but of course you're going very left brain to very right brain. So it would be, it is about as different miles to your point, like how far can you go from one side to the other? So. I think, you know, comedy, my, my old roommate is Hassan Minhaj. And so he had his own, you know, show Patriot Act for a couple of years. He lived with me out here in Los Angeles. I know I saw you brighten up. I know Hassan's a big That's deal. Awesome. Oh my God. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. Big deal. Big deal. No, he's awesome. We're still in touch. Great dude. And uh, went to his wedding, the whole thing. We're, we're pretty close friends. And you know, one thing he would say about stand-up comedy, he goes, it is basically funny speech and debate. It's funny speech and debate. You know, you're, you have speech and debate, but it's just a funny take on that. And he writes his stuff, it's outlines. It's it's the Roman numeral one, two, three, that whole thing, you know? And and I, I had the same thought. He articulated it better than I though. And the way that he said it out, I was like, oh, that's so true. And, you know, I think with engineering, you've got critical thinking, you know, you've got this whole method where you spend, especially the scientific method, where you spend 50% of your energy up top, just defining the problem. And, you know, Chris Rock talked about that. He talked about how it was important that a lot of time when your bits bomb, he's not talking to me, although uh, we've all bombed. I bombed opening yeah. for Dave Chappelle. You see, that's a whole story unto itself. <laughs> but then I opened for him after that too, and that went well. So it's a whole, whole different story. But it was this, uh, you know, this idea of almost, I almost lost my train of thought, but Chris Rock, got it. Okay, so Chris Rock talks about how if your bits don't work, oftentimes it's because they weren't on board from the beginning. They didn't understand your premise. And, you know, jokes are, you know, set up punchline, set up punchline, set up punchline, that's it. And if people didn't catch the setup, we have this all the time, Miles, in communication where people, there was a misunderstanding. They didn't catch the first thing of what you said. You went into your thing so fast that they're like, oh, and you're like, I thought I said that. They're like, well, you did, but you kind of went 
too fast and I missed it. So if you watch Chris Rock sets, it's, he says the same thing just to ground you in the premise over and over. So I think that idea of spending a lot of time up top, critical thinking, all the whole idea of being able to structure an argument, that's very nerdy, very engineering heavy. And I think if you bring that to the table, it, it helps. Okay, that yeah, that, that makes sense. And on that, I was gonna ask like, like what other, I guess, so my first question is, what other comedians have you like gonna be able to work with or open with that you really, really loved, um, you know, working with? And the second, are there any comedians where like, you see them on stage and they're literally the same person that you see like off stage? That's a great question. These are good questions, Miles. I appreciate that. So, you know, the, the one I would say, you know, opening for people, obviously being able to open for Dave Chappelle is, is insane and, and multiple times as well. So that, that, that is crazy. And there was a moment where uh, our mutual friend, Azar Usman, who knows him really well, he told me, cause I, I, I had a joke, and it's really inappropriate. I'll tell you what it is, though. It was a, it was a, it was a night. It was it was actually I think the day after my hero Michael Jackson passed, and I said something about you know it wasn't just the little boys. He he touched us all, and he told Dave Chappelle that, and Chappelle goes, "Man, Rasheem is funny," and I was like, "Dude, that's so inappropriate. It's so not okay." But like. This is also years ago. This is all, yeah. but I was like, yeah, I'll still do the joke. It's funny. I don't care. And so, but once Dave Chappelle says you're funny, like your life is set. Like what else do you want? Exactly. Yeah. Obviously he's super edgy. He, go, he goes in and he, he's had a lot of issues with trans jokes and some of the other stuff that he said, yeah. but you keep forging on. You got these guys like Andrew Schultz. I mean, he's really, really on PC on, on the gram, but he's killing it and doing well. So I think Chappelle, I've, I've shared a stage with Jim Gaffigan with Sebastian Maniscalco, with Jerry Seinfeld, you know, you, you do that, it, it's, it's just absolutely insane to be able to do. I mean, my all-time favorite comic is Chris Rock, so I've met him, I met him at Ohio State, but I, uh, you know, I, it's, it's so rare to find people who are, uh, the Venn diagram overlap, talking about being a nerd, of, mm -hmm. you know, successful, uh, funny and and insightful someone who's actually saying something because some people make you laugh in the room but they don't give you anything you can take home and yeah. that's what I, I love about that and I talked about that I gave a TEDx talk at University of Cincinnati and I talked about that whole whole idea I can send you a link to it yeah. at any rate yes. it's uh but no but the people who are the same Chris Rock's not Chris Rock's very reserved he's a very reserved guy he's not okay. like uh how he is on stage at all uh but I think a lot of the comics uh are kind of just dialed up versions of ourselves, you know? And so mm -hmm. I think it's, but the contrast with Chris Rock was, was interesting because he came and he met us all backstage and he was very quiet and he was just up there crushing in front of thousands of people. But yeah. the good thing about him was he was very kind. He was very nice. He went around to all like 20 people in the room and shook our hands and, but, you know, you got you to give it up to him. So exactly. cool. And then, okay, so since you mentioned that you, uh, you know, uh, live literally live with Hassan Minaj. Do you mind like, like talking about like what you guys did? Like, did you guys like trade jokes and stuff like that? Like when you're in the room, I feel like two of one of the funniest comments are just like in the room, just ripping. I would love to hear that. We really enjoyed those times, and I think the key, and you're gonna have old folks say this to you all the time, was hey man, enjoy college, it's the best time of your life, and it is. It, it, it's not that you won't have great nights after college, you just won't have so many in a week. Right. I mean, it's just like you could just keep raging, keep going. It's so fun. You work hard, you play hard. I get it, all that stuff. But, you know, I remembered it at the time going, this is this is like another college where he and I can stay up into the night, chopping it up. And he's a great listener. He's a great 
listener. He would ask questions constantly and be like, so what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, you know, he would keep unpacking it and keep unpacking and keep digging. And I would watch him, you know, in the apartment, just rant. And then I'd watch his stand up. And I was like, you know, man, you and I suffer from the same thing. Like, you're not talking about the things that matter to you. Like, you're so much funnier in the apartment than you are on stage. Like, you're up there doing these jokes about, like, tow trucks and karma's a bitch. And that's funny, but it's clever, but it's not you. And I was like, I'm on the floor listening to you in the apartment. And then the day, I think one of the things he did, he grew up, like, listening to hip hop and all that. But then I saw him get more into rock, more into like dr- dramatic movies more. I was like, you were doing what Kanye West did, which is he, he, he knows black culture, but he knows white culture. He knows mainstream culture. He knows Asian culture. He knows all these things that he can blend together. And I saw him, I was like, dude, is, you're starting to do it. You're starting to turn a corner. And, you know, he started talking about the things that mattered to him on stage. And I watched him grow and faster than I did. I mean, I got to be honest, like, I think I was ahead of him for a while. But then this yeah. this guy just turned a corner, found his lane. And, you know, he is where he is. And God bless him. I mean, Allah bless him because he's doing a, he's doing a great job. That is, that's awesome. And also only on that same point, what's like, is there a common day for a comedian? Like, or obviously, I think I know the answer to that. But like, what do you do in a common week or common month? Like, what is your day to day? Yeah, no, I appreciate the way you asked that question too, Miles, because it's like, you know, when you ask people, you know, and they're like, well, there is no typical day. I'm like, no, but give it to me though, man. Like I, yeah. it's not, it's not, you got to be able to find some patterns, you know? And, <laughs> and my brother who's an author, Rakesh Satyal, he went to Princeton. Uh, he went to a, a, another, another great school. Let's just say, yeah. and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, he, uh, he talked about that. We talked about this, like by the time you get to like 33, 34 years old, which to you is going to sound ancient, but you know, you go, by this point, you should be able to find patterns in your life. Like when I do X, Y happens, right? To bring it back to engineering and math and stuff. But he's like, when I drink a lot, I get hungover, right? It's like, but there are things like that, that that one's an obvious one, but you just go, when I make this kind of mistake with people, when I cross this line, that happens, whatever, whatever, and finding those patterns. And I think that's that's a really important thing to, to be able to find for yourself. Uh, as far as now I really did lose the thread of your question. You asked uh, a typical day. Yeah. So typical day was, you know, I somehow fell into in the mornings, our production, in the afternoons, our marketing, and in the evenings, our performances and leisure time. So I try not to even check my phone in the morning. I write, I edit, I produce, I work on stuff that's building my craft. Because that's, I think what a lot of people struggle with is they don't mind the part of their job where they get to do their job. They're like, if you just let me sell, if you just let me build furniture, if you just let me market, but it's all the BS, it's all the bureaucracy and all the crap that goes along with it. That's the soul crushing stuff in corporate America and beyond. So I'm like, I want to feel like a comic. Well, what do comics do? They write and they perform. Okay, well then every day you better write. You better write every day because that's, you can, you have, the, your time is your own. And sure. so I write in the mornings, in the afternoons, and then I'm promoting, I'm on the gram, I'm on Facebook, I'm doing whatever. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting my stuff out there. I'm responding to emails. That's in the afternoon. In the evening, so I'm spending time with my wife or I'm doing shows or then I'm watching Netflix specials or whatever else. But I think to the extent that you can kind of craft a typical day is, is only going to help you. Okay, that's that sounds awesome. And so, <clears throat> last two questions. Uh, the first one was, uh, you know, in the next five years, what does Rajiv want to achieve? Is it a Netflix? Is it like, or like a being in part of corporate that like you're trying to look forward? Or do you like this kind of like not freelance, but being able to kind of you know control when you're producing, who you're working with, who you're editing with? Like, what's kind of like your like next five years? Yeah, I. 
you know, it's interesting. The way that it really differs from engineering is, and you learn this, is, is in equals out, right? In, in equals out in engineering, like the energy that goes in, conservation of mass, conservation of energy, all these things that happen, and the equations balance. Well, in entertainment, they really don't. And there's no track per se. I mean, there, there is a little bit more than I think people think, but you can put a lot into it. But I think it really comes down to, you know, it's, it's talent and it's work ethic and it is luck and it is love. Those are the four things. I can't really pack it in more than that, but it's like, you gotta have talent, but your work ethic is drive and desire. Desire is the fire that burns within, but then drive is getting out of bed every day and doing it. And then you gotta have love. You either gotta love yourself a lot, like Kanye West does, or you've got to, uh, you gotta get that from you know a companion, your family, the fans, whatever. Uh, but then you gotta have luck. And, you know, there are things I've accomplished in this game that I never thought I would, uh, where I look at like, I am Indian or performing on all seven continents or all these things I've done. It's like, whoa, that is really crazy. But then the things I haven't done that I, you know, at which I failed and you go, well, really, you haven't done a Netflix special. You haven't really done late night TV in a big way. I did Bill Bellamy's show back in the day. Great guy, but not in a meaningful like Colbert set or Kimmel set. That's shocking after 15 years. I'm like, wow, I have not accomplished that. But, you know, you find what you can. You go, all right, I'm going to do the corporate stuff. I'm going to do my community stuff. I'm going to build my own talk show. I built a studio back here. We're going to be launching a talk show. We're doing stuff like the Kamala Harris episode. And I'm doing a game show and all these other things that you've got. You know, you look at the people you've met and the people who've supported you. And Hassan said that himself. He just said, it's the relationships, man. Ultimately, it's like, this is what matters. Like being able to sit here on the blue couch in the apartment and just chop it up for five hours. Like those are the things you're going to remember. I mean, you're not even really going to remember doing that five minute set on Fallon. It's going to be great. It's going to be taped. It's going to be awesome. But it's those relationships that you build. And, you know, I think that's what's most important. And what I tell the pe people all the time is like, keep those relationships because you're, you're going to get older and people are gonna be in those positions. And then you're gonna know people in those positions. Like somebody's gonna get that job. Somebody's gonna do that Netflix special. Somebody's gonna be able to book you at a, at a company. And it's not to use them, but it's just to be like, no, but then you'll know those people. Somebody's gonna get the job. It may as well be your team. True. That, and that leads me perfectly to like the next one. Like the last one, like if you were to provide any advice or you know, call to action to like that, <clears throat> maybe that engineer that's thinking that they wanna do something in entertainment or maybe that, uh. That person in Bearcast Media that is interested in media but doesn't really know how to navigate or know what they want to do in the next five years? You know, I think there are a couple of things I would say. Number one is, I think, a really practical tip because people give you a lot of philosophy and that's great. And philosophy is important. I love to philosophize. But one thing is when you come back in and, you know, back to your apartment, back to your place, whatever it is, you kind of have a choice. You can go to the couch or bed and watch TV, watch your iPad, whatever, or you can go to your desk and work. And I'm an engineer, I'm nerdy. So I always eat at a table, I sit on a couch, I sleep in a bed, I work at a desk. I don't do this stuff where I'm kind of eating in bed and working at the couch and no, I like I work at a desk. I'm not saying you have to, you have to do that if you don't want to, that's fine. But I think there is the idea of trading, uh, training your body and getting yourself into that mindset of like, no, you know what, you come in, you put your keys down, you put your wallet down, whatever it is, if you can go to the couch, I'm going to watch TV for 10 minutes and that can turn into three hours. I encourage people to go to their desk, just work for 10 minutes, set an alarm. If you have to just work for, to just give yourself 10 minutes to write, to work, whatever. Sometimes you get to minute 11. You're like, dude, I'm done. I can't do this right now. Yeah. Other times you will turn into 11 minutes, 15, an hour, two hours, and you've worked and you've written something, you've created something. So create something. That's number one. Two would be create something tangible, right? 
sometimes we get to like senior year and then I switch my major. I'm like, oh, people are like, oh, good for you. I'm like, no, terrible for you. Like you were so close. Just finish it, man. Have yeah. something tangible that you can that you can finish. I'm not saying that's the wrong decision for everybody. But what I'm saying is when you're close to having something tangible that you can go, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to leave with this skill set. I'm going to be able to do X, Y, or Z. Do that stuff. Finish that. Because I think we all have this like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. It's like, I know, but you can't until you do. Like a lot of people think they can do stand up. And I'm not saying you can't, but until you do it, until you stand there with a microphone, you can't say you do it because I don't know. You, you may be able to kill, you may not be able to. So I would say go to your desk, work for 10 minutes, and try to accomplish something tangible. Thank you so much, Rajiv. And I guess my last question basically is just, do you mind sharing any and all upcoming events that you, or that are public for people to see either paid or free? So we can watch. Sure. Well, thank you, Miles. I appreciate your interviewing me for Bearcast Media. It is a great organization. I'm glad to be part of it, part of its genesis. And it was great to be part of the University of Cincinnati family and still be, you know, if people want to uh, check me out, they can go to Funny Indian. They can go to funnyindian.com. That's got all my links. That's where I tell people to go. It's a newly redesigned website, but you can find me on Instagram at Funny Indian. And that's the one I usually promote. So I've got some I hope cool stuff coming up with the talk show and the game show, some other things I got going on, but uh, please check it out. There's a lot of stand-up content on there that you can uh, you know, watch it. If you get in touch with me, it may take a while, but I will eventually get back to you. Okay, perfect.